Good morning. Uh, got a picture I want to show you guys real quick. Um, we're coming. <laughs> so I know exactly what is going through your mind right now. She is so lucky. She's so lucky. And I can see her back there. She's nodding her head. Uh, she's nodding her head no. All right. Um, <laughs> that picture was actually taken at a place called Mirror Woods. Has anybody been there? It's, uh, it's outside San Francisco, right across the Golden Gate Bridge. And Muir Woods, if you've never been there, make it a point to get there. It is full of these giant California redwood trees. I mean, they range from 100 feet in size to, the, I think the tallest is about 280 feet tall. And um, it, is, it is just spectacular. In fact, as we were walking up to this place, I just was in awe. And, and I didn't see traffic or anything like that, but I just was like, oh my goodness. And there, there's somebody who gives like a little introduction before you walk into the, into the woods there. And um, he was talking and he got done and he asked our group, Do you, does anybody have any questions? And I leaned over to Kara, my wife, and I said, I'm going to ask him if we could possibly uproot one of these things, put it on the church bus and get it home so I could get it in the yard. And she said, don't. It's just, it's a dumb question. It's a dumb question. I said, it's perfect. Okay, so, um, so I asked him and he said, son? Does this look like a joke to you? And I went, oh my gosh, it wasn't just a dumb question. It was a really dumb question. He said, son, what's your name? I said, it's pronounced um, Fitzpatrick, Thomas Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and he said, look, nobody touches any of these trees here. And, and so we, we went through this little tour. It's kind of a self-guided tour through the woods. And I could not help but just be captivated by these giant California redwood trees. But I left that day, and I could not stop thinking, how, how can we get one of those uprooted and in our front yard? It would be incredible. I mean, nobody would have to ask for directions to our house. I would just say, see the tree? It's, you go there, all right? And, and I, I just couldn't stop thinking about this question. Now, as silly as a question as that seems, you know what I think? I think that question actually represents something that goes on inside every single one of us. And no, it's not how do I get a California redwood tree into my front yard. But I do think that inside every single one of us is this yearning and this desire and this questioning about how, how can I see incredible growth in my life? I, I mean, I don't know anybody who, who goes through life and says, uh, I don't care. When I, get, when I get to the end of this life, whenever that is, I'm not worried about what I look back at. Everyone I've talked to, no matter what stage of life, you know what? They want to look back. You want to look back. I want to look back. And we want to see something incredible produced in our life. Maybe the equivalent of a, of a giant redwood tree right there in our front yard. Well, one day, Jesus answered this very question. How do you find, how do you see incredible growth in your life? How do you see something produced that's just so magnificent that you just can't help but be in awe of it? And, and if you haven't been here, we're going through this series, we're going through the book of Mark. And one day, this is Mark chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, that's where we'll be this morning. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus, a, a crowd has gathered, okay? A crowd has gathered to listen to Jesus teach. And Jesus, he's out in the boat and he's talking to this crowd. And what we're going to see this morning is Jesus is going to teach people 
what to do with his teaching. But the way he taught them was a little bit different because Jesus told stories. He told these stories called parables. And in this parable that we're going to walk through this morning, you know what he does? He highlights two elements. Two elements for them and for us that if you want to see incredible growth, if you want to see something so magnificent produced in your life, there are two elements. And so, these next couple of weeks, actually, we're going to look at Jesus as teacher. Because these two elements come back to the teachings, the teachings, the teachings of Jesus. And what we, what our part is, when we come up. When we come up against or with or alongside of, when those teachings fall on our ears. And so, if you have your Bible, we're in Mark chapter 4. This is verse 3. He says, listen, a farmer... A farmer, Jesus? I mean, I, I was picturing, I don't know, I was picturing like a football star or a CEO or, or maybe just somebody just like me. And then he says, no, 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 it's a farmer. Now, I want you to stop and notice the nature of this language already. We're not even, we're not even a whole sentence in. And you know what the nature of this, this language is that he's using? What kind of industry does a farmer work in? What kind of vocation is this? It's, it's agricultural. And as you look at scripture, it's agricultural in nature. And yet you got to know that. I'll explain why. Where did it start? In a garden. And as you walk through scripture, what do you see? You see seeds and you see planting and you see growing and you see harvesting. In that agricultural language, you know what it tells you and me? It tells us something about the way God operates. And I bring all that up because we don't, we don't necessarily like agricultural, do we? See, we like, well, we like industrial. We want to we wanna bring in a big machine. We want to uproot the giant redwood tree. We want to haul it home. And we want another big machine to dig a huge hole and plant it in our, in our yard and say, wow, that's, have other people look at us and go, wow, look at your life. Right? We think industrial because, you know, we want all that to happen in about a day, too. Or now, you know how we think? We think digital. And we think social. Let's just take a picture of that giant redwood tree. We'll post it on our Facebook page and then, or social media page and then let everybody think, that's, yep, that's my, that's my life right there. And Jesus says, no, 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 a farmer. The way God works is very agricultural in nature. You'll see it as we walk through this parable. So he continues. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Now I read that and I go, a seed? Like, Jesus, that's so small. A seed is so small, it's so insignificant. In fact, sometimes I get to stand out here in the foyer as everybody's leaving as service dismisses. And on Mother's Day, we actually um, we handed out seed packets to all the ladies here in the church. And this lady got handed a seed packet right outside this door here, and her son was with her. He's probably 11 or 12 years old. She gets handed this packet of seeds, and she's like, thank you so much. And her son leaned over, and he said, what'd you get? And she said, seeds. And he went, it's so lame. (laughs) And I got to be honest, I don't blame him. Because when you look at a seed, it's just so small, and it's so insignificant, and it doesn't look like much. On top of that, seeds are irritating, aren't they? Remember kindergarten? When, when your teacher would have you plant the seed in the soil in the little plastic cup? And I don't know if this happened in your house. It happened in our house with both of our girls so far. 
They came home. They put some water in the soil. They set it in the windowsill. And the next morning, just totally devastated that there wasn't a full-blown plant there. Why? Because we think industrially. And we think digital. And we think social. And we think instant. And so actually, they started digging at the seed. And I went, okay, now, now it's done. It's really, it's not going to happen now. But... I need, to, I need to stop and, and have you see something here. Jesus, he tells this story about this seed, and, and we'll walk through that this morning, but later he's with his disciples, and he's explaining to them the meaning of the parable. And look at what he says the seed represents. This is in verse uh, 14. The farmer sows the word. Jesus is referring to the word of God. He said, you want to know what that seed is like? It's, it's like the Word of God. And the Word of God is just like a seed. And we would look at that and go, oh, it's so small. It seems so insignificant and it's so frustrating because I don't, I don't always see something right away. And it, it's, not, it's not necessarily immediate. And so I want to pause here to ask you a question. And, and it's one that came up for me as I read through this passage. And, and I'd love for everybody here to consider it. What is my perception of the word of God. Because what's true of our perception of something as small as a seed is likely to be true of our perception of what Jesus says that seed represents, the word of God. And you know how I think we often perceive the seed? It's very easy to do. It's easy to overlook what's possible for the seed because we get focused on what's visible. It looks so small. It seems so insignificant. In fact, let, uh, let me just ask, how many of you have had to, um, had to replace grass just any time in your life? Okay? How many of you used seed to fill in that spot? Okay? And how many of you went with a little more instant solution in, in terms of visibility and went with sod? Okay. See, it says something about, you're not bad if you use sod, by the way, okay? Um, but it's more instant for us to see the sod laid out because we have an actual picture of what the lawn is going to look like. By the way, just so you know, I had a lawn business for 12 years, and I'm going to nerd out in the lawn business world this morning, okay? So, um, but over and over, I would see people resort and use sod, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you know what you, know what you find out about seed? It's actually a lot healthier growth. It's a lot more resistant to diseases when it comes in. But you know what? You don't see any results right away. And I thought, oh my goodness, it's what I've tended to do in my past with the word of God. Isn't it easy to get up in the morning, we get into our routine, and, because that's visible, right? You can see yourself starting to look a little better when you're, when you're um, brushing your teeth and combing your hair and all that stuff. But time with God's word... That's not necessarily visible right away, is it? And it seems so small, doesn't it? See, it's easy to overlook what's possible because we're focused on what's maybe its lack of visibility. And so, the first element that God uses to produce something incredible in our lives, it's a seed. Which means there's another element. What do you think that other element is? Soil. Where is a seed meant to live? In the soil. And so as we walk through the rest of this parable, 
Um, here's, here's one thing I did learn in years of, of working on lawns and stuff like that, is that soil has to be tended to. And soil has to be cultivated. And I've also, I also saw over the years that soil that nobody thought could be cultivated to grow something, it can. It can. And so this morning, one of the things I want to do as we walk through this parable is I just want to ask a few questions. And again, I'm not asking you any, anything that didn't come up in me as I was reading this. And you know what I discovered? Is that God wants to use this to cultivate the soil within us. The soil of the heart. And so, let's keep reading. Jesus, now that we're past the first sentence of the parable, he said, this farmer is sowing his seed. He's throwing the seed out, and it's falling on all kinds of different soil. And, and it, he, he tells us about the soil it lands in. He said, some, some people are like seed that fell along the path. And when he first told the parable, he said, this seed landed on the path, and birds came and snatched it away. Well, later, he's talking to the disciples, and he explains what that meant. He said, some people are like seeds sown along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Satan comes and takes it away. Satan's like that bird that takes the seed. Now, I want you to notice the type of soil Jesus pointed out here. It's a path. And what do we know about soil on a path? It's hard. It's really, really hard. And why is that soil so hard? Because it gets a lot of foot traffic, doesn't it? It's people walking on it over and over and over again, and it hardens the soil. And the seed, when it falls onto the soil, it can't get down. It just lays there on top, totally exposed. And Jesus said, you know what? Same thing actually happens with the human heart. And so this question came up for me that I want, I would love all of us to consider. It's simply this. What influences have foot traffic in my life? What influences have foot traffic in our lives? I'm not talking about a counselor or a friend or a mentor or a parent or family that's pointing you to the word of God. I'm talking about those other influences that we fill our time with. What influences have foot traffic Because Jesus says, you get enough of that, you know what happens? The soil gets hard. And it gets difficult for the word of God to get in there. It goes in one ear and out the other. He said, well, that's that's one kind of soil. And as I read this, as I grew up reading this, I thought, man, does this mean we're locked into one kind of soil? And yet, the more I read this, the more I realize, no, I've seen all of these different kinds of soil in my life. One of those being the path. I had so many influences that were just hardening the soil of my heart. Well, Jesus continues. Look what he says in verse 16. He says, Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word at once and receive it with joy. Do you want to know when it's a really joyful time to receive the word of God? Sunday morning. Sunday morning's a very joyful time to receive the word of God, isn't it? I mean, if you were a plant, in keeping with uh, the agricultural talk, right? If you were a plant, it would feel like the sprinklers came on and the sun came out and somebody fertilized the lawn and it just, it's full-blown photosynthesis, right? I know that's what you're thinking every single week when you walk out of here. Wow, photosynthesis. No, okay, me either, just kidding. All right, Sunday morning, it's real easy to receive the word 
of God and, and have joy about it. And then we have what happens or what Jesus mentions next. He says, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. If Sunday morning, it's very joyful to receive the word of God, when does trouble show up? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sometimes on Saturday. And that's when it gets tough. And you know what? You know what? One thing I found out through the years of, of working on lawns was that one of the worst things you can do is give that Sunday morning experience to your, to your literal grass every single day. I mean, watering it every single day. And Thomas, Thomas highlighted this um, not too long ago. If you were to water your actual grass every single day, where is it getting water from? The top, right? And so where does the root want to stay? At the top. The only way the root learns to grow deeper is if it has to go looking for that water. So that's just a lawn tip. Don't water your lawn every single day. But it also says something about the soil of our hearts. And it's simply this, that we've got to find ways to hear and receive the word of God without the Sunday morning experience. Without that, you know, it's often emotion-filled and it's very easy to hear it. So I have a question. When, during the week, outside of Sunday morning, can I find time for God's word? When during the week outside of Sunday morning can I find time for God's word? And if we'll do that, you know what I think you'll discover? The roots. We'll start, we'll start going deeper. Well, Jesus continues. There's a third kind of soil. He says, still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Have you guys noticed when you mow your yard, it looks great the day of, right? And then the next morning, what just is sitting just a little bit higher than the grass? Yeah, weeds. It's terrible, right? And you know what happens if you let those weeds get tall enough? They actually, they can use water and they can use sun way more effectively than grass can. And you know what they do? They begin to block. They begin to steal the water and they begin to block the sunlight from the soil and the rest of the grass. And soon the grass, well, it's kind of stymied. And it's as Jesus says, it's unfruitful. Now, question. What, what worries and what desires are growing in my life right now? I mean, what, what, what things, what weeds, some of us have some magnificent dandelion patches, okay? But what weeds are stealing the water and blocking the sunlight from God's word in my life? It's a question worth considering. It was very illuminating as I sat with it, as I read this passage. Finally, Jesus talks about a fourth kind of soil. He said, others... Like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Can I read that again? 
Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word. That's no different than any of the other kinds of soil. They all heard the word and accept it. And that brings up another question for all of us. And it's simply this. What is going on inside me as I hear the word of God? And to that I'm going to add, really. Because when you first answer that question, it's like, oh, I, I receive it. I, I just, I receive it. But you know what? I think sometimes we have these little arguments, don't we? It's easy to start having arguments because you go, Lord, I see it different. No, I don't know about that. And Jesus says, those who hear and accept it, what do they do? They produce a crop. They produce a crop. And I think Jesus is showing us something here. Four kinds of soil. Four different kinds of soil, right? You've got hard soil that that has no growth. You have shallow soil that has like withered growth. We've got um, like this rocky, I'm sorry, crowded soil, the different weeds, and it's unfruitful growth. And finally, good soil, receptive soil that produces a crop. And I think what Jesus is getting at is that the condition of the plant growing out of the soil is a direct reflection of the condition of that soil. The condition of the plant growing out of the soil is a reflection of the condition of that soil. Now, this is so interesting to me because we read that and we go, okay, well, there's one type of soil that really, like something really happens with that, and I want that kind of soil. So through the years, one of the biggest battles working with people on their lawns was um, somebody would call and they'd say, hey, Nathan, I've got like a ton of weeds in my lawn. Um, what should I do about that? And I'd, I'd say, well, what have you done so far? And they said, well, I bought like 50 gallons of weed spray, and I just sprayed it last year. And then they all came back this year. It's because it's, it's a really surface-level treatment of something that's actually going on with the soil. You want to know, know why there are so many dandelions in your lawn, possibly? It's because it's very acidic. The soil is very acidic, and that's the perfect environment for dandelions to grow. And so, sure, you could spray the weeds year after year after year, or you know what you could do? You could do it one time. Well, it's not one time, but it's nowhere near as often as every year. You can cultivate the soil. You could put down compost, spread that around, and I know it sounds disgusting, but you know what that does? It neutralizes the soil. Dandelions go away. The plant, the condition of the plant reflects the condition of the soil. But as you look at this, I mean, you look at these different kinds of soil, you could put up a fence to keep birds out from stealing the seed. And you could remove all the rocks from the soil and you could weed the lawn. And you know what? They're getting back in. They're just going to get back in. It's going to happen. And so I think the key here is that that word receptive soil, accepting soil, soil that accepts the word. You know what? It's not enough to put up a fence to keep out the creatures. It's not enough to remove the rocks and pull the weeds. You know what has to happen? You got to ask. You want to know what happens before receiving? Asking. And I think what Jesus is getting at is just ask. 
Just ask. If you ask me, I will come in. I will cultivate the soil of your heart. I can, I can prepare that soil for you to receive God's word. I can do it. If, 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 you've already, if you're already a Jesus follower, you know what it is? It's saying, Holy Spirit, come in. Prepare the soil so I can hear it. Prepare the soil. And so Jesus is telling this parable, and look at this. You have these two elements now. You've got what? You've got a seed, and you've got soil. You've got a seed, and we've got soil. And Jesus says, look, when, when you can see the word, the seed that is the word of God, for all the possibility that it has, and the soil has that receptivity, something really incredible grows in your life. Take a look. Verse 20, we'll read it in its entirety. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. Well, Jesus keeps talking after this. A few verses later, he talks about the parable of the growing seed. And he says, whether by day or by night, when it's planted in that soil, it grows. And man can be asleep or man can be awake, but it grows. It continues to grow by processes and timelines outside of man's knowledge. It continues to grow. And in that parable, a single seed, you know how it ends up? A harvest. See, in the first parable, it was a single seed ended up as a crop. In this next parable, a single seed ends up as a harvest. And then he talks about the smallest of all seeds, a mustard seed. And he says, that seed, when it grows, it becomes the largest of all garden plants. How interesting. Every single time that small, insignificant seed is planted, it grows abundantly when planted in good soil. You want to know what God does when he plants his living word in a receiving heart? Abundant growth. God produces abundant growth by planting and sowing his living, his living word in a receiving heart. Those are the two elements. But to have a receiving heart, we got to ask. we got to ask. You, know, you want to know how your life ends up? with a crop or a harvest that nourishes other people? It's God's living word in a receiving heart. Do you want to know how, how your life becomes this, the largest of all garden plants that birds perch on their branches and they provide shade to others? It's his living word in a receiving heart. Do you want to know how you get a giant California redwood tree in your front yard? Well, we allow God to sow his living word in a receiving heart. It always begins there. And so in just a minute this morning, we're all going to get an opportunity to do that. But first, I want to thank you for attending the 2018 West Bowles Lawn and Garden Conference this morning. <laughs> you can go home and cancel your lawn service, save that money. You can write that check to West Bowles Community Church if you want. Well, once a month, here at the church, first Sunday of the month, we take communion here at the church. And as I sat with this passage this week, I went, oh my goodness, Jesus, you are the very living word of God. And on that last night of his life, he gathered some people around a table. And he gave them bread. And they took the wine or the juice. 
And he said, this is my body broken for you. And this is my blood poured out for you. Take it and do this in remembrance of me. But what's so interesting to me is what Jesus said right before that. You know what he said? He said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. It produces an abundant harvest, a crop, a redwood tree, if you will. And so this morning, as the, as the band comes up, we're going we're gonna to take communion. And uh, they're going to play a couple songs. But I'd ask you, as you come forward to take communion, there are tables around the sanctuary. Would you stop and reflect on the living word of God, the seed that fell to the ground and died so that you and I could experience life. If you would look around you, if anybody looks like they need help getting communion, would you offer to get that for them? And you can take it when you're ready during the music or at the end, we can take it together.